welcome to episode 104 of the Business of Making podcast. And today we're going to talk about how sometimes we find ourselves putting other people's problems or priorities before our own and getting in the way of our dreams. Let's dive in. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Welcome everyone to the Business of Making podcast. This is Deb and I'm here with Jess. G'day all. And Mick. Hello. And I made everyone wake up early to record this time, so <laughs> Jess is sleepy and she's annoyed at me. <laughs> My voice probably sounds really croaky too because I haven't used it yet. He was like, I woke up 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have family staying at the moment, so we had to find a time where my house was fairly quiet, and so this was the time we had to make it work. And, of course, daylight savings is still in a thing for, like, what, another three days or something stupid? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you guys are an hour ahead. So it's 9.30 for you, but it's 8.30 for me. And I'm just like, oh, I usually sleep <laughs> bed. I'm such a morning person that it doesn't bother me. But I imagine if you were to tell me, Deb, we have to record at 6 p.m., I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fine with me. I'm great at 6 p.m. <laughs> I'm going to brain cells after 5. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about why you should and how you should stop putting other people's problems or priorities before your dreams, which should be interesting. Uh, but before, I wanted to give a little shout out to one of our uh, patrons, uh, actually two, because it's a couple behind one shop. It's Thomas and Jessa from ojessa.com. So it's O-H-J-E-S-S-A.com. And they sell goddess-sized clothes for Renaissance fairs, steampunk events, sci-fi and gaming conventions, fire circles, did I give the website? Yeah, I just did already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're Maybe. supposed to be the switched on one day. Come I know, on. I'm such a morning person. But yeah, so the website is ojessa.com and it's gorgeous. I love what they've done with the website. You can see the brand is kind of like sparkled everywhere, even just like the search bar. You know, usually when you want to search something on the website, on the website it says, what are you looking for or something? They have, what do you desire? And I was like, this is so cool. Branding. It, yeah, because it puts you as a customer into a place of like, I desire this dress. <laughs> so you're already sold on it before you even see it. So yeah, really cool. And thank you so much, guys, for supporting the show. As you know, we don't have ads or any like, you know, support, paid support from other brands uh, for this podcast. And you guys are really the one that keep us going and supporting us financially essentially so that the show is edited and posted and gets to your feet on time (laughs) thank you so much it means the world and you're helping bringing this show to other makers who maybe can't afford to support us so a big thank you thank you thank you and so yes today your dreams and other people priorities getting in the way (laughs) i think this is a pretty common thing yeah it's a very common thing i think it also maybe stems from a place of people around you often friends or family often family not really understanding what you're doing or wanting to do with your business and maybe having a little bit of condescending yeah. <laughs> things to say when you talk about it and you may be lacking a bit of confidence and so that mm. double combo ends up meaning that you're not going after your dreams or stuff gets in the way all the time because you let other people's problems and priorities get to the top of your to-do list essentially mm. 
Yeah, I think it definitely comes down to your personality, your history, you know, whether you've been kind of socialised into being the, the one who does stuff for everybody else rather than the person who does stuff for yourself. And whether I think, like you said, a lack of confidence can often be a problem. I think in some ways to kind of put the onus back on ourselves, in some ways we can sometimes use it as an excuse as well. Mm. Like if we're not, we don't feel confident that this thing we're doing is worthwhile or we don't feel like it's a good use of our time or we don't feel like we'll actually succeed. So, we, you know, if we lack confidence in ourselves, then we can kind of use other people's priorities and problems as an excuse to keep putting it off because we're like, oh, no, I can't do that because I'm too busy taking care of X, Y, and Z for somebody else, whether that's at home or whether that's in your job or, you know, just your social life, your hobbies, you know, do you take on too many, too many responsibilities in different parts of your life? Because we have finite time and there's only so much responsibility that we can take on. And you have to be very conscious of this. I remember I did a video recently about my favorite, five favorite productivity books. And the oldest, the oldie goodie one is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, And if you haven't read that, Stephen Covey's really good in there. He talks a lot about this, about this whole, you know, you have to balance your responsibilities. You know, if you're going to take on a new responsibility, you need to maybe give another one up. You know, do you you have space? Don't just keep taking things on and taking things on thinking you have endless amounts of time and energy because you don't. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to get some examples happening because my mindset at the moment is being at part of a family with young kids I'm like, well, sometimes you do have to put other people before your own um, dreams and desires, but I don't think that's exactly what we're talking about here and it might be other. Anyway, I'm sort of on the fence, so I'd like to get some examples around like what you guys are sort of imagining. Okay, well, let's ask you about this because you ran a handmade business when you had kids. Like you ran your own businesses through two pregnancies and having two kids. So, you know, what was the difference between you and somebody else who had young kids who might have gone, oh, no, I'm too I'm too busy or I have to put their priorities ahead yes, of my okay. own. Yes, okay, yep, yep, yep. So when I was doing that, I didn't watch TV and now I choose to watch TV. <laughs> there you go. You you gave up some other part, some something else to make space for it. Yeah, and also I guess it's also been my own priorities that have dictated what I'm doing. So... At that time, my priority was to grow my own business and I knew that would mean that we would rely financially on my husband. But now, well, most recently my priority was to get our house renovated and I knew that I would need to be making more money. So that's why currently I'm working. So full-time outside of my business. But that has always been dictated by me and what I've wanted to achieve as part of the family unit, obviously. Yeah, so I guess that might be the difference well that's yeah, I, interesting yeah because I think that's a part of the thing is how you essentially communicate that within your family unit and how mm. you explain those priorities and they're like a decision that's made obviously by you but supported by someone else and so you know your partner knew what was going on and what was a priority f- for you and and I guess would have also supported you and you're like I can't help you with this tonight because I'm working on this in my business there was like a clear communication where he was like okay yeah Cool. Yeah, I guess so. your head like <laughs> diagonally. I don't know if it's like a, that's a diagonal node. I don't know what it means. <laughs> like I don't know. Those conversations never happen. But I mean, he's the most supportive person ever. Like he'll he'll just that's not really part of the conversation because I'm 
I chose well, basically. <laughs> um, but I would still feel like my my share of whatever needed to get done around the house or something that I would need to do or want to do for the kids, I would feel still feel stretched. Like it, no matter how much he was helping doing his share, what however you want to say it, like we're very much co-parents and he probably does way more stuff than I do actually. Mm. But no matter what he's doing, I would still feel stretched. Like it was never a, a like, yes, I have the balance. The balance is here. It's great. And I'm working on my dream and it's all happy. It's like, oh, no, I'm sacrificing this time with the kids or whatever it might be to work on my stuff. Like no matter, I don't know, like I feel like no matter how supportive the partner is, it still comes down to how you're feeling about stuff. Like it mm. might be socialization from other areas, not just your immediate family unit. And I mean, I just can't imagine how difficult it would be for people who don't have that support as well. Like I would imagine almost impossible because it was so hard anyway to try and balance those things and not feel guilty about spending time on the business at nighttime or whatever. Like I would work all the time mm. on the business. Very like no boundaries here with work hours. <laughs> but if I didn't have that support from pretty much everyone immediate to me, so like my immediate family, my mom and my good friends, my grandparents, everyone was always very encouraging and very supportive and it was still extremely hard. So, yeah, I just can't imagine how hard it would be for people who don't have that support and feel like they're not just their priorities but their commitments are stretching them further. I don't know if that, if I'm contributing in any way to this conversation right now. Did you, I mean, was this just you put this upon yourself like was it were you really not pulling your weight or is it just you just felt guilty for some reason I don't know and I think pulling your weight is like not the right mm-hmm. term because it's not it's not even a like here's a pie and we're breaking up the pie into tasks mm-hmm. and I'm not doing enough of the pie that's not it it's like I love my children and I want to spend time with them mm-hmm. and if I'm not spending time with them obviously I'm spending it on other things but I'd still like to be able to spend time with them at the same time like right so it's not um it's not like a task division or anything like that. It's just that I guess I understood how much time and effort it takes to grow a successful business and I was willing to dedicate that time to that, but I knew that I was sacrificing other things mm-hmm. at the same time and that was hard. Okay, that's interesting. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the Business of Making podcast? We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a special secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. I think that's slightly different to what I'm Yeah, I'm I don't think that's what on. we're going like, No, but it was really interesting to hear. Like, no, it's really interesting that, to but... hear that from you because you're like the last person I would think would fall foul to this issue that we're talking about. You know, you seem very confident and very sure in what you want and not afraid to go after it, you know. So yeah. if you are even feeling that kind of tension. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like I, I feel like. And it might not be kids, it might be whatever else. Like mm. also, I mean, I have the same thing with soccer, right? That's a massive priority in my life. Sure, I'd like to grow my business, but I soccer is part of my identity and I don't want to give that up. So mm. I have to get, dedicate time to that every week, same as, you know, people do exercise or whatever. Yeah, same. 
but it's just always a stretch. Like there just doesn't ever seem to be enough, I don't know, time. Well, these, and it's interesting because all the things you're talking about are actually your own priorities, they're not other people's priorities. Yeah, yeah. Like you chose to have kids, you choose to play soccer, you choose yeah. to run a business because you want to. Yes. You don't have, you're not having external things coming on you that, that you've discussed anyway, that kind of taking your energy and time away from the things you want to do, which means you have very strong boundaries, which is probably pretty healthy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Deb, have you ever felt this issue, this the whole thing about other people's problems? No, because I'm very, I don't care about other people's problems and priorities. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty similar. So this is like maybe why the total wrong people discuss this because we're just like, it's not an issue, right, though? It's not an issue. Um, But it's it's more like. I can see how it's an issue. You know, and obviously we're not saying that like, oh, we don't care about other people's problems. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, we have friends and family that we care deeply about and that we like show up for when needed. But I can see easily at least in my head I'm sure everyone would have a different definition but like I can see in my head what's important and I need to show up for that Mm. and make it a priority of my own versus what someone else wanting me to do and I'm like you know I don't really Mm. want to do that you know like actually I'm working on this thing and that's more important to me right now than this other thing so I've been always very clear with that so I don't feel like I've ever had that problem and then I don't have children (laughs) but I wouldn't say that they even fit this conversation because we're saying other people's problem and priorities and I feel Mm -hmm. like your kids should always be a priority so they're not really something that gets in the way they're just you know they're just your kids like yeah and I mean as mine are getting older they're not um as much work obviously so when they're much younger it's like full on (laughs) really Mm -hmm. full on I can't believe I was doing a business and while they were toddlers and babies Mm -hmm. because I'm like oh it'd be so much easier now like now they're (laughs) I run a business now <laughs> it's so much easier but now I'm working full-time so you yeah. know yeah there's still lots on but I, what you said Deb kind of triggered in me and I did like we're thinking like let's think big here as well like when we're talking about other people's priorities and problems also like society like what you've been trained to think your life should look like mm. you know have you been brought up thinking you should do a certain thing like you should get married you should have kids you should have a full-time job. You should be working in this particular field because that's what your mother or father did or mm-hmm. whatever. Like all of those sorts of things as well. It's really interesting because like, you know, I was brought up very much to believe I could do whatever. Like my parents always said to me, like, you can do whatever you want with your life. We don't care. We'll love you. You could be a garbage collector and we'd be proud of you and we love you and, you know, do whatever. Like I never had any pressure to do a certain thing or become a certain thing, you know, Mm. all that pressure is pressure I put on myself that I then had to change. I had certain thoughts and pressures and expectations. I had had absorbed by osmosis from society about what valuable work was and what I should do with myself. Like I was very smart. I was very good at science. Therefore, I should probably go into science. And then I did science at university and sure, it was great, but I got to the end of it and realized it's not what I wanted to do with my life after mm. all. And then I was very lost for a while because I'm like, what the hell am I doing with myself? Because that's what I always say. You know, so those sorts of things as well. Don't discount those impacts on yourself. I had to struggle with the idea of like, I make jewelry. Like, that is not what I expected to do yeah. with my life. <laughs> that's a very good point, actually, because I think that a lot of people would relate to that to an extent. Or when you zoom out, realize, oh, yeah, there is external pressure. Uh, depending on what stage of your life you're in. But it's, you know, for me, I, I had similar things of like, well, 
you're smart, so you should do these kind of studies. And then I did that. And then I was like, well, I don't really want to work corporate in the finance world. Like, that's just not, you know, I tried that, didn't like it. So now what do I do? And I have this like expensive degree that I've got. And now I'm like a coffee barista, like what? (laughs) And, you know, letting go of like the, you know, and my parents were always, you know, the first at, at that age, I stopped caring about, you know, my parents, like I'm an adult, yeah. I do whatever. <laughs> but, you know, there's always still a little bit of a, well, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't you try and look for an mm-hmm. air quote regular job, you know, like, you know, like do something <laughs> with your degree. That's like so, so foreign to me. And I think that makes it really hard to comment on anything like that, because I would say like, just judging by the students that I teach, there's an enormous amount of pressure from so many parents mm. and or family or whatever that they should be doing this or they should be doing that you know they're going into the creative industry studying design and their parents think they should be doing medicine or whatever you know yeah like, mm. I mean I don't agree with it but I also don't know I wouldn't even have the faintest clue of how to deal with it because it's like mm. I just don't it, I don't understand it at all Mm. yeah and you know there's also the uh shouldn't you like you know isn't a business a little bit risky like just get a Mm. get a job so that you can like pay your mortgage or get a house and do all of the things in the right order and sometimes that's not what you want to do and it's hard to when and that goes back to confidence you're like well actually is it a big mistake like am I not going to make money am I just is this like a stupid thing that I'm doing and when those two bundles together you let other people kind of decide what you really want to do with your life because it's sort of comfortable in a way Mm. or it feels less risky I suppose Mm. yeah and I think I don't think we can at all discount that it's really interesting that the three of us have had very similar experiences in this field (laughs) and I think that's a cultural thing an age thing like we're, we're a similar generation I know Michaela and I are very close in age you know when we were Growing up in the 90s, it was very much like, girl power, you can do whatever you want with your life. You know? And it's so funny because I never noticed that at the time. And I'm oh, like, oh, I have all these like strong feelings and thoughts on things that I can do whatever I want. And then I think about back, I'm like, oh, because I, you know, listen to the right music and you know, <laughs> like had all these subliminal messages being fed to me. And, you know, anyone of an older generation maybe didn't have that as much, mm. possibly depending on what generation it is. Um, yeah. Or a younger one. I don't know what yeah. sort of influences young yeah, women these days are having. Mm. Some of them concern me, but, you know. like mm. <laughs> I have so no idea. This is when you start feeling a little bit old, when you feel disconnected from what you call younger people and you don't know exactly what they think. You're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm getting older now. <laughs> I don't know. Man, you're a decade younger than me. So Yeah, yeah I but I'm, every day. I'm not like, I have yeah, no you, idea what goes. That point. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea what like an 18-year-old these days is thinking. Like I just don't no, know, you know. Not much. No, I'm kidding. But like when, <laughs> when I'm with my soccer team. <laughs> And just, if anyone's listening, I love you guys. But yes, I feel very old around the girls who are, you know, around 18 to 23. Like, and, you know, mm. all power to them. That's how I was when I was that age. But goodness. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> They're very young and I'm very old. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting seeing how, you know, you change over, over time and stuff like that. Although yeah. I'm always, it's funny when I hit my mid 30s. I, I was kind of like, oh, I've arrived at the age I think I always was inside. Like I was one of those very, very mature children who didn't even yeah. like other kids when I was a kid. Yeah, it was like, I, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not. I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I 
want to be 16 again. Oh, God, no, you couldn't pay oh, me enough God, money to be no, 16 again. No way. Never, ever, ever. Not even 23. No, no way. No, God, no. Confusion. Nothing <laughs> under 30. Just leave it, leave it aside. This just gets to a point where you're like, oh, I am happy with who I am. And this yeah. is the age that you're like happy with. And that's usually very late 20s. Well, for me, it was yeah, mm. late 20s not early 30s but definitely even 22 I was like what I think I I think I want the this is going to sound weird but body functions of a younger person like my knees are so sore all the time I'm just Mm -hmm. like oh man I feel like I'm this should be the body of an 80 year old (laughs) I know that sort of feeling swimming helps just putting a plug in there (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yes yes Hey there, makers. If you need to figure out what pain point your product solves, you can check out our 5 Wise Technique download. The 5 Wise Technique is a great way to go beyond the superficial reasons a customer makes a purchase and find out their deeper motivations. You can download this and a bunch of other cool stuff at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash get freebies. It's all one word, get freebies. Good luck. Um, no, but I guess... What we want to like stir or like, you know, make you kind of wonder is, is anything getting in my way maybe more subtly? Like it doesn't need to be a big thing. Like someone calls you to ask for a favor and you always say yes. Like that's an yes, obvious like you're making. Knowing when to say no. Yeah, that's, it is important. That's kind of what I was going to say with Jess, you were saying before about boundaries and stuff and like maybe taking too much on yourself. Mm. I was doing that a lot definitely when, you know, I was on the board of my soccer team I was on the fate committee at the school yeah that's what I'm talking about that sort of stuff yeah like too much and people are saying oh should you because I feel like also you know I'm a very I don't know what the word is but you know I want to help people that's Mm. like the teaching thing and you want to help Mm, so I know that my skills could be utilized on this board or committee or whatever so I'm like yes I want to do that but at the same time that takes away from my overarching goal of what I want to achieve Mm -hmm. and so I think keeping that in check is really important yeah yeah and I guess asking how can I help in the best way like Mm -hmm. I I have the same teaching sort of bent and that's sort of my but my helping I'm not as much of a helper type I don't think but I always think well I'm I'm best using my skills in a way that's closest to what I excel at and there's no point in spending time doing things that I'm not so good at you know I'd rather Mm -hmm. spend and invest the time in the things that I am skilled at and then help more people that way you know what I mean? Yeah. I think to me this whole priority thing comes down, whether it's very obvious, you have to say no to certain things. You're currently like you have too many engagements, too many commitments. You have to drop some things to be able to put something new on. And then there's the more kind of like zoomed out problem of like that's more subtle of like society and, you know, family influence and things that we've been taught growing up. And, you know, that could have been decades and decades ago, but it's still at the back of your mind and you feel like you're not prioritizing according to what you've been taught because you're thinking differently from that. Mm -hmm. I guess to me, the main answer to that is building up that confidence because I feel like without that you can't overcome any of these problems because mm. that goes back to what you were saying Jess which is then you let it you let this happen because it's kind of convenient because it's kind of like oh oops you don't have time to work on my shop this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm too busy I'm too busy it's like well you can make time or or not and if you're not like you know some of you just don't have time and that's just that's what it is but if you know that deep down it's because you're letting this happen a little and you could carve out some more time is this then a confidence issue where you 
if you build that confidence up, would you feel more able to say, no, actually, this is important because I know it can work and I'm excited mm-hmm. about this and I'm going to make time for it. So that's where mm-hmm. I would start. It's like, how can you build up your, your confidence? Also, I think having representation of what's possible is really important and we don't really have enough of that mm-hmm. in the mainstream. So mm-hmm. like having confidence to be able to move forward with your business includes realizing that it is a possibility to make it work if you make it work. So mm-hmm. like a lot of people that are starting out are like, oh, I'm just going to try this little hobby. And you, can, I feel like people are either in two minds. It's like, I'm going to make a million dollars by XYZ. And I, I'm definitely that type of person and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> or it's on the other end of the scale. It's like, I can never make a living out of this. I'm never going to be able to, like, it's not mm-hmm. safe to do this. It's too risky. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be enough money in it. There's not going to be enough income. There's not going to be enough superannuation. I'm not going to live off it, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it's proven that it is possible because there's people out there who are making a living off it and who, you know, have their super all sorted. Hi, Jess. And, <laughs> and Deb as well. Not oh, no, my super is not sorted. <laughs> I'm too young to care. Oh, no, stop now. I know. I, know. I do Trust have me. super, but I'm not super with my super. Let's there, was a few, there was quite a few years where I missed it too. But I don't you know it's possible though. It's like yeah. that. that is not holding you back mm. from doing this thing that is great so I feel like it's either you're in one of those two camps and I think a lot of the trepidation around being in the more fearful camp is the lack of representation of people who are making it work Mm -hmm. so if you want to build up your confidence maybe you just need to do a bit of research and like find out like oh well they like don't look at the people who are making millions of dollars look at the people who are making you know like a hundred thousand dollars a year from their handmade business because they're out there and they're doing great so yeah but at the same time I literally just interviewed someone for my podcast who is making seven figures a year Mm. from her handmade business she has staff obviously (laughs) (laughs) at that stage you know she has a warehouse now and staff who make the stuff and you know she started in her kitchen just like the rest Mm. of us yeah it's just she she man I just love her like she has the comment she's like I just did it you know like it just kept going and kept growing and I kept adding things and you know so those sort of things are possible, yeah, uh, definitely possible, but it's also possible just to make a comfortable living. And I, I always find it so interesting, especially I think more people might be receptive to this post-COVID world, but I've always made the argument that the idea that a job is somehow more secure than a business is, I think, a falsity. Yeah. You can be sacked. <laughs> How is that secure? Maybe, you know, in ye olden days jobs were perhaps more secure, but I don't, I think that's a myth. I don't think they were really hear about unionization and all that sort of stuff because people had no power and they, whereas when you are self-employed and you have your own business, you're much more flexible Mm. and you're much more able to work harder and make more money. When you have a salary job, you know, (laughs) it's kind of, I I found having a salary job really disheartening because I'm like, no matter how hard I work, I'm not going to make any more money. Mm. So, whereas when I have a business, I'm like, well, if I do work harder and smarter and try new things, I I have the power to make the money. Like I'm in I'm in charge yeah. here, and I have the power to work out a way to make more money, and that feels way more secure to me than having yeah. a job does. Yeah, this made me think. You know, I think a problem of this prioritization and people being like, oh, what are you doing with your cute little shop on the side? Is that we as a society generally, not everyone, but generally, start thinking of something of is of value and important and should be prioritized when it makes money. Mm. And that's kind of a problem because when you start a business, you're not making money. You just started a business. But like, if you go to the definition of most, um, you know, most 
tax offices in the world. It's like if you have the intention to make a profit, even if you don't, you do your tax return the way a business would because you are in the business of Mm -hmm. making money, even though you haven't that year. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the same mindset you need to apply when you're trying to prioritize. And I feel like sadly, society and friends and sometimes family around us don't do that because they're like, until it makes money, it's more important for you to do these other things. And so you feel this way too, where it's like one of the first thing I I um, make my members inside the community do is actually change that mindset around, okay, you're here, you've committed to learning into doing this thing. Now, how is that commitment showing up in your calendar? Because mm-hmm. you can't let things get in the way. I'm not saying you need 20 hours a week, but you need to have like a set amount of time. Essentially, you have a new job, which is building a business and you would show up to a job. If you had a schedule at a bakery as a whatever, I don't know what you do in an office somewhere. If mm-hmm. someone was to tell you you're working from 8 to 10, you would show up at 8 and you would plan the morning with your kids and your family so that at 8 you're at, you know, you're at work. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you have the intention of building a business to make money, even though it isn't yet. You kind of show up in a way that's like, okay, I am working on this as seriously as I would any other job. And that's how it works. That's how then it becomes a money-making job. Mm-hmm. for you so I think it's important to to talk about that because the yeah it's like yeah you won't be selling from day one <laughs> but you'll still need to prioritize as if you are yeah it takes it takes that time to build things up yeah I'm just looking through our past episodes we do have one episode 23 which is titled who am I to do this how to deal with imposter syndrome in your handmade business so that might be a good mm-hmm. little one to revisit if you guys haven't um Watched, watched that. <laughs> Listen to that one before. with your ears. Watch with your ears. You're looking at us. That's why you said watch. And I thought we had done one around like how to deal with unsupportive people, but I think we have one that's around how to say no. Didn't we do that? Yeah, I'm sure we did something like Definitely. that. I can't. Find but it. best off is the next episode that we're going to do actually is really grateful up to that because it's this fear of well, okay, great, I'm going to do this. I'm going to prioritize this. But what if I don't sell anything? (laughs) Which is like fear number one that's going to creep into your mind like 10 times a day when you get started. And then even when you're already successful and you want to launch a new thing, you'll still be thinking, what if I don't sell anything? This comes back every day. (laughs) Yeah, it never goes away. It never goes away. I'm like, am I going to make any money today? Not like, am I going to sell anything today? (laughs) It is there forever. You just have to live with this fear. So that's what we're going to be talking in the next episode as well. So I'm excited about that because I feel like this is a good Mm follow-up. To what we discussed today i don't know if we've answered anything we asked i love those episodes though where we ask more questions and we just share experiences <laughs> and it's kind of like you know this is how it's kind of like holding up a mirror i guess and then you can mm-hmm. kind of look through it and see what's happening in your life and if you're letting other people's priorities get in the way a little too much or society's mm-hmm. priorities getting in the way. <laughs> or if you need to reassess your own priorities perhaps. yeah absolutely. yes like stop watching tv <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I haven't hosted in so long. How do I close an episode? Do we just say bye? <laughs> Maybe like suggest people review the show, okay, give us yeah. five star right, ratings, join that. our Patreon. <laughs> Guys, all these things you can do to support us. As Jester says, <laughs> you can leave a review. This makes us really happy. Also, let's be honest, it helps us in the ranking of the podcast world, which means more people discover the show. So if you want to leave us a review, please do so. We would really appreciate it. Um, you can also support us on Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash T-B-O-M for the business of making. And you can get a bunch of different, uh, what are they called? Um, rewards? No, they have a better word for that. Rewards? Rewards works. Rewards work. That's not how they call it, but that works. <laughs> Perks. Perks, that's it. Such a, <laughs> such a, I don't know, it's just a fun word. 
including a shout out on the show you get an extra episode as well uh, that's exclusive only to our patreon which is probably my favorite perk um, you can see a little video of us every week we do a little behind the scenes video uh, after each episode to talk to you about the episode <laughs> so there's a bunch of things that you can get on top of our regular show at patreon.com slash tbom and that's it i think these are the two main things you can do to support us and also okay now i've got so many ideas of things you can do guys i'm on the roll all the call to actions just pick your favorite uh you can also join our facebook group so we can keep the conversation going in there if that uh well i guess just go to facebook and type the business of making or you can go to the business of making.com slash facebook to find us or you could share it on instagram share the show with your friends take a screenshot yeah. put it on your yeah. stories tag yeah. us at the business of making I'm sure in the previous episode, we've had a thing where we're like, in your emails, you don't need to do too many call to actions because people are like, what is good? I don't know what to do. Also, while you're driving down the street, roll down your windows and just play it really, really loud so all your neighbors can listen as well. (laughs) Put it through the sound system at work. Yeah. (laughs) Just tell everyone. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back in your ears in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.